This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. Hey everybody, welcome to Performance Anxiety on the Pantheon Podcast Network. I'm your host, Mark, and today's guest is Colin Peterick. If that name sounds familiar, you know your stuff. Colin is the son of Jim Peterick, who wrote some of the biggest hits of the 70s and 80s with Vehicle by Ides of March, Eye of the Tiger by Survivor, and Hold On Loosely by 38 Special. Colin talks about growing up in the industry, and he even remembers being woken up at 6 a.m. by his dad while he was working out some of those hits on the piano. Colin's influences are wide-ranging. There's the obvious link to his dad, but he was equally influenced by prog rock, Steely Dan, and skateboarding. He's even the singer and keyboardist for a Steely Dan tribute band called Brooklyn Charmers. His first solo album is coming out. It's called Everything and Nothing, and it is a fun listen. There's such a wide variety of styles. Colin discusses his studio process and if there might be a father-son duet in the future. Check Colin out on Instagram at Colin underscore Peterick underscore music and Twitter at Colin Peterick. Pick up the new album at ColinPeterick.com or wherever you get music. You can follow us at Performance ANX on the socials. Rate and review us and all the other great podcasts on the Pantheon Podcast Network. Merchandise is available from us at performanceanx.threadless.com. And you can also support us through ko-fi.com slash performance anxiety. Now let's get right into it with Colin Peterick on Performance Anxiety. All right. Hello, my name is Colin Peterick. Uh, I have a debut album called Everything and Nothing coming out on June 14th. I'm happy to be on the performing... I'm happy to be on the Performance Anxiety Podcast. Hope you enjoy. You want to catch me up on, on your podcast? I, so I don't say, uh, how long have you been doing You've been doing yeah, Oh, gosh. <laughs> Let's see. Interview the interviewer. Um, yeah. <laughs> almost three years now. I just dropped episode 251 last week. Wow. Cool. Congrats. Thank you. Thank you. Had some pretty... Pretty awesome guests on some guys you might know and, and like, like uh, John Anderson from Yes. Um, oh, hell yeah. Albert Bouchard from Blue Oyster Cult. Nice. Uh, let's see. You've had Black Rebel Motorcycle Club, Michael Jra and Jarbo from Swans, um, Trey Gunn from King Crimson. So Nice. Yeah, so pretty, a, a pretty wide variety of people. I've, I've had any, anything from Zydeco to thrash metal and and it's just it's pretty awesome i'm I'm really thrilled but very blessed very cool man so <laughs> got a lot of questions for you because you have a different history than a lot of my guests yeah because you basically you you grew up surrounded by the music industry pretty much yeah so spoiler alert my dad was in survivor <laughs> he- what <laughs> the ides of march he wrote eye of the tiger vehicle he wrote, yeah. co-wrote for um, 38 Special, Sammy Hagar, and a number of other great bands. He's had a very fortunate career. 
And uh, yeah, so that's kind of what I grew up with. That's incredible. So I imagine music was omnipresent in your life. It was, yeah. Uh, we had a grand piano in the in the living room, and he would go down there and wake wake everybody up at six a.m. You know, when I was a high school student, I was trying to sleep in, and I'd be like, ah, turn the, the piano down. But looking back, <laughs> the early seeds of what uh, sowed my love for music. So uh, I always have my dad to thank for that. That's awesome, and hearing these nascent forms of these songs that would go on to sell millions, I'm sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Very inspiring. That's crazy. And, uh, you know, my dad and I have a great relationship. He's still, he's still around. He's still, uh, still doing things, still writing and producing. He's got some stuff in the works for, you know, Chicago's new album, Brian Wilson's new album. And still, uh, he's still making a name for himself all these years later. He's very, he has a ton of perseverance and I, I look up to him. That's awesome, man. I, I love hearing that because so often you hear that I rebelled f from what my dad was doing. Or I didn't want to do anything, but it sounds like you had always seemed to have a good relationship with your dad and you, you appreciate what he did and, and the talent that he had. I did. I think he, he tried to maybe push me into learning guitar. The way I rebelled was by getting in the key, you know, so <laughs> yeah, but even before that, I was a pretty avid skateboarder and I thought maybe I'd want to be a professional skateboarder. And, um, that was something that certainly he was not, you know, familiar or comfortable with. And then throughout high school, I kind of realized, Hey, uh, you can still pick up girls <laughs> as a star yeah. and, uh, physically uh, dangerous. So I put music around the age of 18, like full time and gave skateboarding a little bit of a rest. Oh, nice. <laughs> You play all kinds of instruments. So you said your dad put, wanted you to play guitar. You played keyboards. What did you start off with? Yeah, I started with piano. Okay. You know, words, I, uh, in all the different types of keyboards, organ, electric piano. And then probably the next, in, the next instrument I picked up on was drums, you know, just because it's fun to bang on drums. Yeah. And bang around enough on drums, turns out you get pretty good at it. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds, and if you have an aptitude for it. Absolutely. And I took piano lessons for several years, but I never, I never took any drum lessons. I kind of just taught myself and then, uh, I taught myself guitar too. And so, wow. you know, guitar is like my main songwriting tool and I'll pick up the guitar and write it, write a chorus and then bring it into pro tools and, uh, orchestrate the rest. And so, yeah, I'd say, uh, guitar, piano, drums, vocals. I like to arrange instruments like horns and strings. Like that's something I really love to do. And the production side of things, like I'm, in, I'm here in my studio right now, so just learning to communicate with musicians and communicate with bands and get the best performance out of the performers. That's another element of uh, music that I fell in love with at an early age. Oh, that's awesome. Were you singing the whole time or was that something you picked up later on? Was that always around? I was always the, uh, you know, the lead vocalist, front man, like in all the bands I was in in high school, just like de, de facto. I think kids in high school are pretty, uh, they're pretty nervous to get up on stage and grab a mic and sing in whole high school class. And I was a nervous kid. I mean, like I was pretty, uh, pretty, um, uh, what do you call it? Introverted, mm -hmm. you know, but for some reason when I stepped on stage and had that microphone, it's like, Hey, my voice is louder than everybody else's. And, uh, that's cool. So I can just be loud. And, uh, turns out that if you get up on stage and just be loud, and as long as you're even okay, a lot of people respect that because those people don't, have the same courage to get up on stage and sing 
microphone. So I always encourage kids to get up there and, and sing into a microphone because um, it's scary at first, but it's powerful. At the same time. Yeah, I mean, I was the same way and I didn't get <laughs> I didn't get up on stage and get onto a microphone. I was very nervous. I, I was I, yeah, didn't want to perform in front of anybody. I, I would do my thing on my own and, and that was it. Yeah. But yeah. So at what point, I guess, was there a point while you were skateboarding that you thought maybe music was the way to go before you decided to take that full stop on skateboarding? Uh, yeah, I think skateboarding actually got me to, uh, got me into music in a weird way. Uh, you mentioned Trey Gunn of King Crimson. Yeah. One of my favorite, is like one of my favorite bands of all time. But I, the reason I even got into them in the first place was because their song 21st Century Schizoid Man was used in a skateboarding movie right around 2004, skateboarding video, you know? Okay. And that music, that soundtrack to that video, like changed my course that I was on. And I was like, got into progressive rock. I got into, you know, I didn't realize that there was music that you can listen to that wasn't on the radio. Like there's this huge cache of underground music from the... Oh, hold on one second. My dog is going ape shit. My, uh, my wife went out. I, I was going to warn you about this and I totally forgot. <laughs> my wife went out to, to pick something up and my dog might go ape shit and he did. No worries. We can edit. This is why we edit stuff. Yeah, exactly. Oh God. Hammond. What's his name? Hammond? Yeah. That's funny. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I'll give it while while I'm waiting for things to come down. I'll tell you a, a real weird story about that. So we have Ham, our dog's Hammond. He's a uh, Australian Shepherd and Boxer mix, and he's awesome. But when we he's a rescue, and when we got him, his name was Harry. Well, we didn't like that name, so we named him Hammond after the show Top Gear. Has it's got the three three hosts, and one of his guys' names Richard Hammond, and we figured Hammond. Harry is not too far off. He might not have too big of a, he might have too difficult time of transitioning. Yeah. Fast forward like five, six years later, my daughter decides she's going to adopt a dog. Same kind of thing where it, he's a rescue and he's a, a lab pit bull mix. And he's the sweetest guy on a sweet little dog. Ever. Well, not little, he's like 65 pounds, but he, his name is Albert. So now our dogs are Albert Hammond. Couldn't yeah. have planned it that way. No, no, not at all. So, <laughs> all right. Yeah. I think things have calmed down. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Without a healthy mind, being truly happy and at peace is hard. The good news is therapy works. But what is therapy exactly? It's whatever you want it to be. Maybe you're not feeling motivated right now and would like some tools to help. Or maybe you're feeling insecure in relationships or at work, not dealing well with the stress. Whatever you need, it's time to stop being ashamed of normal human struggles and start feeling better because you deserve to be happy. And now you don't have to worry about finding an in-person therapist near you to help. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Try doing that in person. So join the millions of people who are seeing what online therapy is really about. 
it's always a good time to invest in yourself because you are your greatest asset. And a special offer to Performance Anxiety listeners, you can get 10% off your first month of professional therapy at betterhelp.com slash performance anxiety. That's betterhelp.com slash performance anxiety. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this podcast. So, yeah. where, where were we? We, we? we were talking about King Crimson in yeah. skateboarding. Skateboarding. I discovered the band. I went to the CD shop in Chicago the next day, got the album, and I was like, this can't be the right album. There's only five songs. <laughs> Turns out that when a progressive rock band puts out an album with 20-minute songs on it, then there's like, it only fits a few songs. Yeah. I turned my world around, like, Music isn't in this box anymore. I feel like I can be as creative as I need to be and and let my uh, let my soul out in this music. So that's kind of when I just when I, when I switched from skating to music more full time was when I realized that I can there's I don't have to put myself in a box. I can just kind of write what I want and write from the right from the heart, right from the soul. Was it a foregone conclusion at that point that you wanted to be a musician or was that just a transition from I'm, I'm going to do something a little less dangerous that still attracts girls? <laughs> well, you know, I, I never, I never, I always knew that I wanted to do something with art or, I mean, I, I can't, I never pictured myself, you know, with a nine to five job. I just couldn't do it. Like my dad is my like role model. He never had a job in his life. He figured out a way to make money with music. And he's the, he's my number one fan and encouragement. And so I was just never pictured myself doing that. Um, so I'm like in high school, you, you know, you don't know, it's a big transitionary transitionary time. You know, what am I going to do with my, and, uh, it's a big question. And so keeping your options open, you know, music, songwriting, that's when I opened up my first studio. So I'm starting to make a little bit of money, just recording local bands Wow, and all I would make from recording local bands, I would spend on putting into my own production. So I was kind of funding my solo career with my <laughs> recording career. And so that has snowballed into what, what it is now, which is kind of just a major evolution of that, where I'm working with, you know, bigger and bigger bands and I'm have a bigger budget to record my own music and put it out there. And, uh, so I think, you know, life is funny the way it works, but I feel like I'm right on track with my uh, destiny. <laughs> that is awesome. So you mentioned your dad's your biggest fan, which I can believe. I, I mean, I, I would hope so. <laughs> Sounds like a great dad. He went through the good, the bad, and the ugly of the music industry. I mean, was he always supportive? Was he always encouraging of you to do that? Or did, was he a little maybe apprehensive at first? Well, it's kind of funny because I was born in 1989. So his, his the the real big peaks of his career had all kind of winded down at that point. You know, all the big hits, he had already been established, you know, musician, songwriter, and, you know, Grammy winner by that yeah. point. So I wasn't there for the road years. He quit Survivor in 93, I think, because he wanted to spend more time at home with, you know, I'm an only child, a wife. But to answer your question, I I never saw the, like the, the bad and the ugly parts. I only saw the good parts. Yeah. I saw the fruition of his hard work. And I think he, um, maybe he didn't tell every little, every bad story, but told me enough to where I could, uh, make, draw my own conclusions about this career. And I think he did a good job with that. Do you find any parallels between skateboarding and your music? 
Yeah, absolutely. So I, I think I've been thinking about this a lot lately because I've been doing these like this like circuit of, you know, podcasts and radio stuff because yeah. the albums come and it's a good question. So I think, you know, there's a lot of, cre- not everyone thinks there's a lot of creativity in skateboarding, but there is, you know, the average person sees a set of stairs and they see a set of stairs, but a skateboarder sees a set of, a set of stairs and they say, how can I flip my board over it, jump down it, jump over the rail, go down the rail on the trucks, go down the rail on the board. And so, so when you when you unlock that, it's like unlocking a part in your brain where it's like the world is a skate park and you look at things differently. Oh, being a songwriter, the world is your inspiration for writing songs. You look at the world differently. And that way, that was kind of the first creative thing that I fell in love with. And that translated over to skateboarding. And then the other metaphor, you know, with skateboarding, you're always hopping fences and climbing up on rooftops, jumping over gaps and doing things you're not supposed to be doing. Right. Kind of have fearless attitude. And with any art form, to be fearless is, uh, you know, a good thing to drive the art forward. Absolutely. I didn't, yeah. I didn't think about it like that. That's, that's a really good point. I, I got into skateboarding very briefly and then got out very quickly. Yeah. Well, it's Couple. very, it, yeah, it's very <laughs> unforgettable. Yeah. It, try to, I mean, you have to try to do a kickflip a million times before you even get close to landing one. It's very discouraging. It is. <laughs> it is. I, I don't think I ever get landed once. So I think that's why I ended up, that I, I think I landed on my ass a lot. And so I think I've like, you know what? I'm apparently not very good at this. I'm going to find something else to do. I wasn't the most patient kid. There's a million different ways to get hurt. You can <laughs> get hurt just by looking at it sometimes. Oh God, I believe that. <laughs> Fun and it's uh, rewarding if you, can, if you can make it that far. Yeah. <laughs> if you can just hold on there. <laughs> when did you start writing your own music and, and your own songs? Uh, that would be maybe eighth grade. I, I formed my first band called the Mike Hancock Seven. There was five of us, and nobody in the band was named Mike Hancock. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And I would write some really bad, like um, imitations of some of my favorite, like '60s garage bands, like the Kinks, obviously. But the Animals was one of my, one of my favorite bands back in eighth grade. Oh wow! We we would try to do some stuff like that, and then. Um, freshman junior year of high school i formed a progressive rock band called lobster newberg we put out we put out two albums and i wrote i wrote everything on that nice i'm up on a tight wire one side's ice and one is fire I discovered Steely Dan senior year of high school. And that to me was a big moment because I went from being like very well versed in pop rock to going all the way to the other side with this progressive rock craziness. And then kind of Steely Dan ties it all together. They take the pop rock sensibilities with the the other, you know, the progressive elements, the jazz elements, you get all these complicated kind of ties it all together into a format that still created hits on the radio. And so, you know, my, my MO is like, Hey, if, if, if it's, if Steely Dan can do it, then uh, it's cool. So that's like the definition of cool for me. <laughs> so once I put that together, I had a new approach, a new songwriting approach where 
I can be sophisticated still, but have a sensibility that, you know, is marketable. That's really fascinating. And you're right. I mean, Celia Dan really does tie a lot of different elements together, different genres of music. And that jumping ahead a little bit, that makes sense in listening to your album. That I can definitely feel and how you worked all of that disparate influences, how you worked them all together on one album. Makes a lot of sense. So when did you actually start gigging? Well, we did uh, with my prog band, Lobster Newberg. We did uh, we did a tour. You, <laughs> I know it's a great name. It's a great name. You can go on the progarchives.com and there's a bunch of like great reviews of the website because that community is so uh, tight knit and cool. Oh, that is awesome. But you can dig up some stuff, some live videos if you search Lobster Newberg. But yeah, we did a U.S. tour 20, 2009. And we just booked it ourselves, and it was um, it was a great experience. We played the Whiskey a Go Go. Wow! You know, we did some. Um, we weren't signed or anything, but shortly after the tour, we broke up. And then I did college. I went to school for audio engineering. And um, I kind of stayed off the road for a while. I was like a session guy, like a uh, a side man. Okay. You know, for several different bands and a producer. So I would sit in with bands on stage here and there. But I didn't really have my own project until I started Brooklyn Charmers, which is my Steely Dan tribute band. Started that in rising, 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 rising. Like we, our first couple of videos went viral. We we're getting all these great gigs. Then suddenly, you know, the shutdown pandemic and all of our plans kind of got screwed up along with, you know, countless other musicians and businesses, which is really unfortunate. But it was during the shutdown that I was like, listen, I've, I'm a, I'm a songwriter. I, I, I want to be an artist. I want to have something to, sh- to my years of late nightless nights writing and arranging all this stuff, you know, it's not, it's not, it's not out there. I want, I want to get my music. It's time in court. So that really motivated me to, to get my, uh, my stuff together and put together an album. And, um, now the album's mixed, it's mastered, it's got a release date and, uh, I've got a bunch of gigs under my belt and a bunch of gigs coming up. So I've been on stage forever, but, um, now this is the first time it's really all coming together as my solo project as a solo artist. And you're from Chicago, the Chicago area. Does that have any influence on the sound of your music? I don't know. It's hard to say. I mean, most of my favorite bands are from England. So. <laughs> but, you know, one of my favorite Chicago bands is Wilco. I think they're like Chicago legends. And they have a certain sensibility that is just undeniably cool. So, you know, growing up with them on the radio all the time and, you know, other great Chicago bands. And um, I'd say it can't not have an influence on me. Maybe it's more, you know, subliminal than I think, but absolutely. That's a fair point because, you know, we're moving along into your album and it's got so many different sounds and genres all in one album. It's, it's amazing. It's called everything and nothing. And is there any significance to the album title? Yeah. 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 So I kind of had an epiphany one day. It's like, 
everything and nothing. That's kind of like, that's like the meaning of life. You know, life is everything. It's the most important thing that we all do as humans, but in the grand scheme of things, it's the blink of an eye. And so, um, I think it's important to enjoy our time on earth and not worry about this immortality campaign. If you spend your whole life trying, worrying about how you'll be remembered, you won't be able to, I'm here. So I kind of strung, strung that, you know, thought together just to myself, you know, shower thoughts. And I'm like, that is really, you know, deep. And I sat down at the piano and I wrote the title track and I was like, that's it. This album is going to be called nothing. Finish it. I'm going to put it out in 2022 and, uh, thing rolling. So hey. it all, that was the, imp- yeah, for finishing it. You're on track. You're, you're on schedule, man. Yes. It opens with smile. As man, that is a great song. That's such a great opener. And I know, do you see a smile on my face? I didn't leave this town. I didn't break your heart. If I swore it on my life, would you believe me then? Do you believe me now? It's catchy. It's got the beautiful harmonies. I can hear a little bit. You do. Your voice does have a bit of a resemblance to your dad. So you can't, you know, you can't deny that. I guess that's DNA, right? That's how that works. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> but you know, it's, it's not a, a carbon copy. So it's a beautiful song. It's immediately catches my interest in, and gets me interested in the song and the rest of the album. Thank you. Yeah, that that song is is pretty cool. It's like a um, I, I really like how the chorus says like this odd measure of like five four. You know, do you see a smile on my face? And it just kind of catches guard. To me, a good hook is not on the nose so much. Like it it kind of it kind of sneaks in through the back door a lot. A lot of my favorite songs like the hook kind of sneaks in through the back door and that those are the ones that really stick with you. So yeah, I like that song as an opener. It's uplifting, but um, kind of melancholy at the same time. I, yeah. I know what you're saying. And, and you're right. My kids caught on under the, the five, four thing. They're all in band. So they, they kind of caught onto that. So that's I, awesome. I don't know that I'm not a musician. I just, well, that's, that's the beauty. Of you don't have to have a degree to listen to music. Exactly. You know, and, or appreciate it. Right. So, We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. Hey guys, I want to talk to you about socks for a second. Why not? It's a music podcast. But I tried a pair of socks from Boldfoot and loved them. I've only worn them once because my kids have stolen them. So in my household, that's the best endorsement I can give. And I guess it's fitting because the design I chose was Jailbait. Wait, Jailbird. The design I chose was Jailbird. I might keep that in. The socks are 100% American made and 5% of all proceeds go to veteran charities. It makes sense seeing that Boldfoot is a family and veteran owned company. They have a huge variety of styles. So check out boldfoot.com and buy some of the best socks you've ever slapped on your feet and help veterans while you're at it. That's boldfoot.com. I'm going through this. I've listened to the album several times and it's, it's so 
I want to say interesting because I can't think of more flowery word to say it because it's just got so many different styles. But to me, and I, it sounds like it's like the greatest hits of, of like 1979 of every genre in one album. It's got, you've got this beautiful voice. You've got these awesome songs, like the only, only light ahead of us that it's so positive. It's so beautiful. If if anybody feels bad, you need to listen to that song because that that'll just pick you up and, and and lift you right up. I I love that song. So that is that's the um the third part of the and nothing trilogy, and th- those are all kind of meant to be together. I was going to put them on as one track, but it's just easier to skip through on a, on Spotify if they're three separate tracks. Wow. So that song is kind of about like going through the ebbs and flows of um you know mental health and you know the 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 lows of, you know, depression and anxiety and self-doubt, and then the highs of getting back on the horse and seeing through yourself to a goal. You know, there's, I know it got so bad, but there's only light ahead of us, only light ahead of us. And it could be taken in many different ways, you know, with a relationship, with a loved one, with a relationship with yourself. And as long as you just remember that life is full of ebbs and flows, and it's always darkest before the Oh, these things sound like cliches, but guess what? They're cliches for a reason. Cause, uh, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But I appreciate that. Thank you. Oh, of course. And I mean, the album, it, it wasn't what I was expecting. And, and to be honest, I don't, I, I can't really say what I was expecting, which is, is good. That's, I, I like to try to go into this with open mind, but I wasn't expecting such a variety of stuff. Like I love cocaine nights. That is a great video. And I mean, yeah. the song is, is awesome. And that's so different from everything else in the album. It's got this amazing R&B sound to it. And the, the video just cracked me up. <laughs> Thanks, man. That one, um, it's funny. I had, I knew I wanted it to be like a Bee Gees throwback. That's the way it started, and it was originally called Boat Nights, and it was like Boat Nights, Boat Nights. And I remember my dad was like, "I like the track, I like the, I like the the vibe, but I I hate the title, Boat Nights." Like what? <laughs> and so, thanks, Dad. Sorry, the, yeah. Well, at the time, I was. Like, you know, okay, okay. So I put the song on hold for like a year. It was like put it on the back burner. And then I I dug it up and I was like, cocaine nights, cocaine nights. And uh and so it's funny that it turned into what it is that because he said he didn't like the word boat. Well, I wonder how he likes the word cocaine. Yeah. But <laughs> take that, dad. 
Yeah. <laughs> but, I, you know, I've been, I've been answering about this song recently too. It's not about, you know, you know, I don't condone the use of illegal drugs. Kids don't do drugs. It's more about capturing the feeling and the time and pl- time and place of being in a song. You can be transported to any time and place. And some of the best songs in, in the world just teleport you to a different time and place. And I think I was able to accomplish that in this one. You know, you kind of just feel like you're at an all night rager of a party when you listen to the song. And it's kind of um, tongue in cheek. And uh, yeah, I think that one turned out cool. It definitely has a little bit different of a a style to it, but it kind of fits with the other songs like Jack and Jill and My Secrets, which also have more of an R&B and hip hop influence on it. Yeah, and and the vocals for My Secrets, and I I always hate saying things like this, so be forewarned. But but to me, the vocal delivery almost has like a, Something I would hear on the country charts. One thing I'm gonna take to my grave. I'm never gonna fall again, no. I'm never gonna stall again, no. I'm never gonna hang my head low. I'm never giving up my secrets. I'm never gonna fall again, no. I'm never giving up my halo. I'm never gonna hang my head low. So that's, I mean, like my untrained ear, it's, you know, and I don't listen to country. So the only country I've really listened to are the guests I've had on the podcast. So, but that's kind of the feeling that I get. I have got friends that listen to country. And so I'm just kind of picking up on what they're listening to. And, and maybe I could be completely off on that, but that's just the feeling I, I, I get. So take that for what it's worth. It's funny because hip hop now includes or not hip hop, uh, country nowadays includes hip hop influences. So the genres are starting to blend together so much <laughs> where you can kind of draw, draw any, uh, you know, conclusion you want from it. That's a good point. I think my favorite song on the album though is bad days. Mm. That, that dude, that song is just amazing. It's like, it's kind of like Al Jarreau jammed with Genesis and America wrote the harmonies. <laughs> That's a good, yeah, that's, that's a good description. I, I, the synth work, I mean, that's just, it's so Genesis. It's great. That's a pretty cool song. Yeah, that one almost cut because it's so different than everything else. But at the end of the day, I was like, listen, there's no label on this. This is an independent release. I'm just going to put it out there because I'm proud of it. And uh, Craig Bauer, who mixed it, he's a Grammy winner who, who's done Lupe Fiasco and Ed Sheeran and oh, Kanye Lupe West. Fiasco, yeah. That's his favorite track, too. I was like, there's got to be something. Yeah. Hey, you can't. And it's not, you know, it's not a single or anything, but uh, it's an album cut. And uh, I, I, I'm, I'm really proud of it. You can't cut the song produced by a Grammy winner. 
That's right. You, yeah. just, you can't do that. And I keep saying this because it's so true on, on your album is that the style stylistically is so diverse, but to me, the, the, the beautiful through line is the harmonies, your voice and the harmonies. Now, is that you doubling your voice in the studio? Are you harmonizing with anybody? How, how are you accomplishing this? Well, thank you. Yeah. So all the, I'm pretty sure all the voices are, are me except for the girls on Michiana. Um, but yeah, so I love to do this amount double tracks and harmonies and stacking left and right. And like coming up with harmony parts, it's one of the most fun things to do. If you've got a good melody and you've got a microphone and a studio at your disposal, you can just kind of play around with it until it sounds, uh, until it sounds huge. You know? Yeah. So I love arranging background vocals and arranging harmonies and uh, getting it to the point where you're singing the background vocal. A huge part of singing background vocals is monitoring. So you want to be able to, even though the background vocal ends up being a lot quieter in the finished mix, you want to sing it super loud so that you can hear every nuance of your voice so that when you have time to turn it down, it blends perfectly. And so I think that's the, that's the trick of it. And if, if you were to do it in a group in like a, you know, old school, like Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young, you'd kind of all be standing around one microphone blending in real time. But in the but with one person, you kind of get around that by singing each part at a time, monitoring it so that each part you sing is loud enough and then kind of blending it later. But that's one of my favorite things to do in the studio is coming up with background vocal parts, just stacking it and sound huge. Um, it yeah. sounds, sounds like you have a lot of fun in the studio. A lot of fun, yeah. You prefer studio to live setting? They're two, they're two totally different animals. I mean, live is you get what you get. It is what it is. You, you lay on the stage and uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly, you know, there's no such thing as a perfect uh, live performance Kind of what that's kind of the whole point. Whereas a studio recording, it's like, you want to make it as good as you possibly can. I mean, this is your stamp on a, on a, on a album, you know, it's going to live, live on past us. You know, it'll, <laughs> it, yeah. this, these digital media, it lives on. So you want to be at your best perform at your best. And, if you get a mix back from a master and something's not right, it keeps you up at night. It really does. Oh, bad. So, yeah. But that being said, it's there's love. I prefer probably the studio because it's a cold environment. You know, you gives you time. It's kind of like being in an art studio. You know, at a certain point, you got to put on the last uh, last brush stroke and say you're done. Yeah. And part of the challenge is telling telling yourself when when you're done because it's equally as easy to add too much and then you've overproduced and then you come out with something that uh is just crazy and too much yeah <laughs> or it sounds completely sterile because you've gotten all the taking all the feeling out of it exactly yeah you don't want to do that either no. so yeah so <laughs> when you recorded were were you playing the majority of the instruments or were you did you have your band in there with you no so the band uh we just got together maybe six months ago so we're relatively new okay so at the I played most of the instruments myself. So I'm usually starting with keyboard or guitar and then I'll add drums and then, you know, I go backwards and I'll redo the, redo the piano. Cause maybe the way I played the drums will influence the way I should have played the piano and vice versa. Maybe I will redo the piano, redo the drums after I do the lead vocal. So it's kind of the game of, of covering up parts until it all kind of sounds cohesive. All right. So again, going back to enjoying your time in the studio. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, but it's, 
it's a lot of fun working with the band. We've been doing a lot of stuff recently and, you know, it's a totally different, um, different thing working with a band. You get to make changes on the fly. If something's not working with a, with a one man band in the studio, you might not find out until a month later when everything's finally done. Whereas everyone in the studio, you can make changes on the fly and it's just like, so. Oh, that's awesome. So who is in the group with you now? So it's, um, Alex Zaravica on drums who I've known for, 10 years now we've been playing together for a while. Kevin Campbell on bass guitar, background vocals. We went to high school together. And Matt Hines on uh, lead guitar, who's a phenomenal virtuoso guitarist I met maybe eight years ago. Wow. And kind of a super group, you know, it's four four guys and me and me in front. And uh, I think it's the best band I've, I've been in. The band is just a uh, a pro and it's it's a dream come. Oh, that's so great to hear. Are you doing the keyboard parts live? Yeah. So I'll, on stage, I have a keyboard and a guitar. So I'll do half the set on keyboards, half the set on guitar. Yeah. Okay. One of the things that I really enjoyed while researching this is finding the covers that you've done. Yeah. You've done some pretty wild stuff. I mean, okay. So you've done a song by Jellyfish. You did New Mistake. Uh, Steal yep. Your Thunder by Prefab Sprout. You did... Time Will Be Your Doctor by Fuzzy Duck. I don't even, I've, I consider myself pretty well versed in a lot of things. I've never heard of Fuzzy Duck. Duck, you should look into them. They did one album in 1972 and it flopped. But again, this goes back to the Prague message boards. Like this stuff gets just handed handed around, like uh, you know, on the black market. And I was way into these obscure Prague rock and underground bands, and that was one of my favorites from back in the day. So COVID happened, and I was like, I'm gonna cover a Fuzzy Duck song. <laughs> and you look at the comments, and it's like, whoa, I can't believe there's a Fuzzy Duck cover. Like, good job. That's that, that's the cracks me up i love it <laughs> that's, that's amazing because <laughs> you know there's somebody sitting there every day searching youtube for fuzzy duck right and finally yeah. something pops up and like holy shit i found it get your fuzzy duck content out there yeah, yeah. i i feel pretty safe saying you're the first and maybe last person to ever cover fuzzy duck well hopefully not the last i mean i i still i still believe there's a lot of uh Great Fuzzy Duck fans out there, so. Come on, Prague fans and bands. Somebody else cover a Fuzzy Duck song. How many songs are on that album? I mean, if it's, if it's Prague, is it one of those, like, in the Court of the Crimson King, where there's five songs and they're all 20 minutes long? No, it's more Prague-related. It's not super Prague. It's kind of it's kind of jazzy meets uh, meets garage rock, but I think there's 10 songs on it. It's a pretty good album, though. You should you should check it out. I will definitely check it out. I, gotta, I definitely have to find that. But I think, honestly, out of all of them, my favorite is your cover of Lana Del Rey's West Coast. Thank you. That is badass, man. I like that. Down on the West Coast, they got a saying, if you're not drinking, then you're not playing, but you've got the music, you've got the music in you, don't you? 
For some reason, I kind of find myself liking people covering her songs more than her original versions. Yeah, she's one of my favorite artists. You know, I think she's fearless. I think she does what she wants and uh, doesn't give a, you know, about anything except uh, her art. Yeah. And I have a true artist. You know, Joni Mitchell is like that. There's, you know, a ton of artists that I look up to and uh she's one of them and i want to kind of you know reach reach us maybe some of her fans and uh just pay tribute to her because you know not everyone's heard of fuzzy duck unfortunately but a lot of people have heard of lana del rey <laughs> but, well now maybe they'll have heard of both lana del rey and fuzzy duck you may be the reason fuzzy duck's album gets remastered and re-released with bonus tracks yeah they'll go on a re- reunion tour you know you never know exactly awesome. perhaps you might even be able to get them to open for you. Or or we would open for them. Let's let's be real. <laughs> or, <laughs> that's okay. You could you know what you could do what a lot of bands have been doing lately and just do split headline. Yeah. yeah. You just switch one night one headlines, one night the other. That would be cool, but I think people would jellyfish reunion. People have been asking about that forever and ever yeah. and ever. Yeah, that's true. And I have a, I've got a question for you because I heard about this, but I, I don't know anything about it. But what is the Jam Lab? So the Jam Lab here right now, it's a very large recording studio in Brookfield, Illinois. It's a multi-purpose recording studio, venue, rehearsal space. You know, we the Goo Goo Dolls were here a couple of years ago, and they did like a two-week rehearsal summer tour. We have separate re- recording rooms that are isolated drums and vocals and guitars. Uh, we have a private venue for weddings and CD release parties wow. and videos. It's kind of like a purpose-built uh, production house that doubles as a venue. And, you know, I'm the operator and engineer here, and we've got a, a, a team of uh, technicians and uh, audio engineers, you know, manager stuff. So it's, uh, we're in our 10th year of summer. Uh, well, you know, con- we're just all- congratulations, man. Very much. So this is the place that I recorded most of the basic basic tracks for the album, and uh, we're going to be working on the second album here too. Oh, that's awesome! So you said your dad's working on stuff. Is he working in the Jam Lab too? Well, we are. We have an embarrassment of uh, studios, so my dad has <laughs> up at his house, so he he can just walk from his bedroom over over into the studio, ah. but does use this place a lot too like the ides of march track their their uh latest album here basic tracks for it nice. and we've been producing a ton of you know music videos and stuff for um for each other the past few years as well so oh that is awesome any chance the two of you are going to work together on a on a song like a duet kind of thing you know it's we're talking about it it's kind of we kind of have a um you know an interesting relationship we're father and son we love each other but sometimes we like to keep the uh, business things separate separated because he never wants to feel like he's pushing me into any direction and i want to um you know and vice versa so i think it's not it's not an impossibility but it has to it has to make sense we have to 
come together on a, on a song uh, or production and uh, and make it happen. Because a lot of people have been, have been asking for that. And you know, I mean, look, that, that makes sense because you know, your dad is, is very well known, done some amazing things. And the last thing I'm sure you want to do is have him, f- have anybody feel that you're, and I hate to say riding coattails. I think you know what I mean. You, know, you don't want to feel yeah. like you're, you're trying to, uh, God, I hate, I, I just put myself in an awkward position, didn't I? <laughs> no, I, I don't. <laughs> You don't yeah. want, yeah. You, you don't want to feel. You want to do it on your own, right? Yeah, I think we have. We we're very, we're very, um, you know, proud. Him and I, and we we both want to feel like we've made it on our on our own, and um, without being naive to the fact that he is a huge supporter and he's helping me out with my career, but um, that uh, that I can I can go out and, and make it on my own and play at these venues, do this album, and. Um, and uh, without his uh, his influence, but that being said, uh, I know he 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 wants to collaborate. I want to collaborate. We just gotta we just gotta find something that we want to you know work on together. It's gotta come together naturally, organically. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, perhaps another fuzzy duck cover, maybe afternoon out. <laughs> exactly. Or country boy, or <laughs> I've never heard this song, but I'm very curious to hear the two of you doing Mrs. Prout. Out is a great song. You have, uh, some of the bass playing on that is is amazing. Oh, I'm, <laughs> see, I'm just looking at the titles right now. I, I, now I I'm definitely want to hear this stuff. But so, no, the, these underground bands that I was digging up, he hadn't even he hasn't even heard of. So uh, that is great, man. When you can beat your dad, and he's been in the industry for so long, he's like, hey, check this out. Never heard of it, have you, Dad? Well, I introduced him to to a lot of groups, you know. Jellyfish was one of the bands that I introduced him to and he was he was blown away. But uh, you know, he introduced me to all the all the good stuff. All you know, the Beatles, the Everly Brothers, you know, Elvis and all those oldies, fifties and sixties. That was kind of formed around my uh musical love. And it kind of sounds like it's informed your style because your harmonies are very reminiscent of Beatles, Crosby Stills and Nash, yeah. America, Loggins and Messina. Everly Brothers, you know, bands that that just harmonize so beautifully together. It's I absolutely love the harmonies in the album. Are you still working with the Steely Dan cover band? Is that are you guys still going to be doing that? Yeah, absolutely. I don't know if this this show is is uh, com- is live or coming out, but um, we have uh, two shows in Edwardsville, Illinois, um, on April fifteenth and sixteenth coming up. I will probably miss that one. <laughs> it'll be a few weeks before this yeah. one comes out so they were they were probably Absolutely. amazing shows yeah so we have a, a, whole, a whole tour schedule on our website farmers.com and um you know for the time being the uh, i can be in two bands at once and it's it's all good you know everyone in, uh, there's a couple overlap group in each band and there's uh you know we're all friends there's no hard feelings and um i think we just all wish each other wish each other success well I do the same for you because I think this album is so great. It's thank you. It's such a pleasure to listen to, and my kids liked it. I was playing for them. My wife liked it. I was playing it, playing it for her while we were driving. I, playing it for my son while we were going to the urgent care this morning. So, but, oh no, <laughs> better. Well, it was good because it wasn't Devin Townsend or something that was just like super heavy. <laughs> which I listen to a lot and he's, he's more into eighties stuff. It's, it's hilarious. His favorite band is tears for fears. So 
So he was really digging it. So you have a hit on your hands in my family, at least. Well, that's all. That's all I care about. <laughs> I'm glad you listened to the whole thing. You know, not a lot of these, not a lot of you, uh, you podcasters or uh, you know, radio listen to 30 seconds of one song and it's it's bada bing bada boom. Oh, I can't do that. I, how can I talk intelligently about your album if I don't listen to the whole thing? Well, I really, it's a lost art, man. I really appreciate it. Oh, of course. It, it, honestly, when I say it's, it's it's the truth, it was my pleasure. Where can people get the album and how can they follow what you're doing, uh, either live or... Absolutely. Well, the first album, Everything and Nothing, comes out on June 14th, you know, streaming everywhere. It'll be available on vinyl and CD also from our website. Uh, nice. Pre-orders are not yet, but we will let you know. And that would be just colinpeterick.com, C-O-L-I-N-P-E-T-E-R-I-K.com. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, Spotify, all the normal stuff. Go follow me. You know, if you like, if you like what you hear, spread the, spread the word, spread the links and uh, share with your friends and um, check out the website for uh, all, all tour dates and all that good stuff. Yeah. And definitely check out the YouTube channel. Cause that's where you've got a bunch of the covers. That's where, that's where Fuzzy Duck is. Yeah. There's a lot of cool stuff on YouTube that hasn't made it to Spotify. So yeah, there's some stuff on there as well. So check that out as well. And I, I gotta say being a car nut, I do like your Lambo in the cocaine nights video. That was pretty sweet. That's my dad's not mine. <laughs> uh, man, I wish my dad wrote a hit song <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, a hundred. Right. <laughs> Thank you so much for spending so much time with me. I, I've kept you quite a while here. It's been, we're, we're almost an hour. So I really do appreciate you spending so much time and, and going into so much detail with me about uh, your process and all. It's been fascinating. Of course. Thank you so much. It was my pleasure. Baby, I'm crying, crying, crying. Tell me now, tell me once and forever, can you see who I am? Doctor, I'm dying, dying, dying. Tell me now, tell me once and forever, can you see who I am? Truth or tell me nothing, can you see who I am? Baby, I'm crying, crying, crying Lonely now, thinking once in a while I don't know who I am 